0: Welcome to The Ziegler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and I've got a big show for you today. You know, it's a joke and really an expectation that we often work against ourselves, right? Our mind betrays us. We want one thing, we do the other. It's the human condition, right? Well, yeah, it really is, but it doesn't have to be. In this show, I bring you John Assaraf, and you're about to understand how you can change and control the negative patterns in your brain. I'm going to name drop here to show you the impact John has had in this area of the brain and mind. John has made frequent appearances on Larry King Live. He's been featured in eight films, including the blockbuster smash hit The Secret and Quest for Success with Richard Branson and the Dalai Lama. He's one of the leading behavioral and mindset experts in the world with a unique ability to help people release the mental and emotional obstacles that prevent them from achieving their very best in life and business. What I appreciate about John, one of the things is he's a leading expert in this area, but he's not a doctor with fancy degrees and certifications. He's not a scientist. He's an entrepreneur who is like you and me, just interested in how to get the most out of ourselves and achieve the goals that we want. In the last 25 years, John has grown five multimillion dollar businesses in real estate, internet software, brain research, Life and business coaching and consulting. He's the author of two New York Times best selling books, Having It All and The Answer. His brand new book is called Inner Size, the new science to unlock your brain's hidden power. And this book and message was our primary focus in this show. As you'll hear, our conscious mind is what we are aware of, but it accounts for about 3 to 5% of our brain activity. Meanwhile, the rest of our brain, the subconscious, is working to make sure things stay the same. So, you got a new idea, a new epiphany, a new goal, and conviction, great. Except that now 95% of your brain is working underneath, uh, it's your subconscious, to keep you where you are. Why? Well, there is good reason, as you'll hear in just a second. But the hope here is that, and with the truth, you can train your subconscious to get with the program and work for you. It's just an exciting show. If I do say so myself, you can hear I'm excited. You'll hear us referencing John's new book, which I mentioned, Innercise, the the new science to unlock your brain's hidden power. You can get that, folks, on Amazon. And this is cool. If you then go to IgniteMyBrain.com and submit your Amazon receipt, you'll get eight brain training audios for free. So that's IgniteMyBrain.com. Okay, friends, get ready to not just have your mind blown, but to get it trained. You'll hear us referencing John's new book, Size: The New Science to Unlock Your Brain's Hidden Power. And again, you can get that thing on Amazon. And then if you go to IgniteMyBrain.com and submit your Amazon receipt, you'll get eight brain training the audios. Also, you're going to hear a few bleeps in this show. And I want to forewarn you if you're sensitive to language or have youngsters listening, uh, but I'd hope that you won't be deterred from hearing a significant message here. Then I bring you John Asaraf. But John, the only reason that tens of thousands of people are going to listen to this show is they've got, as you know, goals, dreams, desires, ultimately needs that they want to meet. Uh, but a primary reason the personal development and you know, this and self-help industry has such an insatiable demand is we as a whole don't often take action or sustain it. And we don't attain those desires and we come back for more and more. And I know that you're here to help us understand, uh, what you say are they, and I like this precise mental and emotional obstacles that are holding us back. And I like, I'm a word guy. I like that word precise. That's a precise word to use. And it honestly sounds almost too good to be true. It's almost too confident, but I know that you're bold in that because you feel like it can be, or it is that precise. Tell us a little bit about, uh, why you come to it with that perspective or how you do.
1: So Kevin, I mean, when we were talking earlier, you know, you've been, you know, into personal development, self-growth for many years and so have I. And when I started getting into the industry uh, and I wanted to boast about all of the people that were doing so great following my work and uh, reading my books, et cetera, um, I also had to notice that there are a whole bunch of people that weren't applying what they were learning. Mm-hmm. And So I had to be responsible for them also. And so when I started getting into the brain science of behavior, like what's actually going on in somebody's brain, when let's say they read a book, get motivated, and don't take action. And then maybe their brother or sister or best friend reads the book and gets lit up like a firecracker and takes off through the stratosphere and takes action on exactly what's in the book and they achieve success. And what I discovered was that for us in the personal development arena, uh, what we fail to help people understand is there's a part of the brain that is activated let's say when we're reading or watching, you know, let's say a podcast like this, and maybe we even get, you know, a spark of dopamine released in our brain, which is the feel good chemical. And we think like, wow, this is great. Um, But that doesn't necessarily translate into behavior that is positive and constructive all the time. So I'll give you an example. You hear something that excites you. You get motivated. You want to do this. Um, but what if you have a fear of failing that is right there next to you know, taking action? Well, most people who have a fear of failure don't realize that that's going to deactivate the motivational center or circuit in the brain. And so if you have a fear of failing or a fear of trying your best and disappointing yourself or the person you've told you're going to take action on, your your wife, your husband, your children, your best friend, your partner, and you fail, uh, then you're going to be embarrassed or ashamed. And like, who the hell wants to feel that? Well, that is one of the biggest reasons people fail and they don't understand that the motivational circuit is directly tied to the fear circuit in the brain. So if fear is activated, even though you're motivated, you'll procrastinate and you won't take action. So that is a precise circuit that we know activates in the brain if you're dealing with one of the 50 known fears that humans have.
0: Yeah, and we won't hit all those here, but we'll take it as a whole. And I want to ask you, I mean, right off the bat, you're talking about this. You use the word brain science. And, you know, when, I, when we are discussing the brain, I think people go there, science, medicine, and not thinking about our daily life. Our focus on the show here, of course, is being cognizant. Uh, that, uh, we're here to achieve goals. So I, am interested in, he, you know, you're not a doctor, uh, even though all the science medicine and academia world seems to cite you as the leading guy you are. And I appreciate this. That's part part of why you're here. You're more of a goal and motivation focused guy than anything. You're taking this brain science so that yes, just as you really well laid out that we will actually do the things that we want to go forward and do though. I'm interested on a personal aspect. How did you come? to, I mean, why did it spark brain science? It could, if it was Zig hearing in the same stuff, thinking the same thing, which he did, he thought I'm going to get on the speaker circuit. I'm going to write a book that way. I'm going to go do that direction. Now, obviously you wrote a book, but what is it about you that did bring you to that brain focus? That is again, come back to that word. Very precise.
1: Yeah. yeah. Pain, pain and yeah. more pain brought me to seeking wisdom and understanding. So specifically when I was 22 years young, uh, and just had gotten into the personal development arena. I was working really hard in sales, uh, right? Um, you know, as one of my first careers was I was on commission only sales, real estate specifically. And I worked so hard and so long trying to make money. I ended up with something known as severe ulcerative colitis. Mm-hmm. Simply put, I had severe bleeding ulcers in my colon that inflamed my colon. And at 22 years old, I had zero bowel control at all, wow. and so I would all over the place without any warning. And so I could be in a meeting, uh, I'd have this this attack, and i in my suit. Um, and I was watching a TV show, uh, and there were a bunch of doctors back then. I'm 58 now, so we're looking at you know 32 years ago. Um, They were talking about something called psychoneuroimmunology, big word for the mind-body connection. That's all it is. And, you know, they said that, listen, if you are in a state of dis-ease, then you are going to be creating, you know, 100 trillion cells that are vibrating at the level of dis-ease. And that dis-ease is going to be caused either by your thoughts, your emotional state, and it could be behavioral Uh, as well. And so at the time, you know, 22, I'm partying hard, eating what I want to eat, drinking too much, working hard, not sleeping enough. I created a state of dis-ease. And for me, it triggered an autoimmune disease that I had a genetic predisposition for called ulcerative colitis. And the only reason I know that is because years later I did tests, et cetera. And so it manifested in me, my stress manifested in me through ulcerative colitis. And back then, when I was 22, I was on 25 salazopyrin pills a day to reduce inflammation. I was doing two cortisone enemas a day. And then I was going to the hospital once a month to do a sigmoidoscopy when they were inserting things into me where they shouldn't be inserted to see what was going on in my colon. A year and a half of that. And they said, listen, if it doesn't get better, we're going to have to remove part of your colon. I'm like, I'm freaking 22 years old. What do you mean you're going to remove part of my colon? And so I started to research what the hell is the cause of this. And then I saw this TV show on psycho- neuroimmunology. And so I wrote out this affirmation for myself. My body and all its organs were created by the infinite intelligence in my subconscious mind. It created all my bones, tissues, muscles, and organs. It knows how to heal me. It is what made me perfect, and it can make me perfect and whole now. Wonderful are the creative intelligence of my subconscious mind making me whole and perfect right now. I recited that. Every day I recorded it. I meditated on it. I visualized it. I took a picture of healthy colons and started looking at that. I changed my diet, started to, to do things that were in the state, that put me in a state of at ease. And five weeks later, all of my ulcerative colitis symptoms were gone. I took my pills and threw them out the window in Jamaica when I was on a trip with my buddy, Mel, and when I went back to to Montreal where I was living at the time, I went to see my doctor. His name was Dr. Wu, and he did a sigmoidoscopy. He goes, what the, what the hell have you done? He says, it, it's freaking gone. He says, your colon is perfectly healthy. And I explained to him what I did. And he said to me, he says, well, I want you to continue taking the pills. I said, you don't get it, do you? I said, I fixed the cause. You're still trying to treat the symptom. Yeah. yeah. So, Anyway, 38 years ago, I started to realize there is this power within me, my brain. Um, it has a variety of different functions, conscious, subconscious. I'm not separate from it. I could condition it and program it to have it work for me and be my servant instead of me being its victim. And so I started getting into brain science 36 years ago when There wasn't a lot of empirical evidence. We didn't have functional magnetic resonance imaging technologies. We didn't have SPECT scans. We couldn't look inside a human brain to see what was happening under stress. What was happening if you had fear or anxiety or self-doubt? We couldn't look inside the human brain. But in the last 20 years we can now go down into the deepest levels of the brain, into, into neurotransmitters, into hormones, into circuits that turn on or turn off and what uh, implications it has on our, per- on our perception, our emotions and our behavior. And I just got fascinated with the topic of brain science, evidence-based stuff. Yeah. And, and that led me to, to ask questions. You know, if I could control Um, activate or deactivated cells with mere thought and emotional control um, and behaviors, of course, Um, what else can I learn about brain science? So why do people take action? Well, we know beliefs, for example, if I have a limiting belief, we know what a limiting belief is in the brain. Now it's nothing more than a neural circuit, a pattern of brain cells that have connected have been reinforced. That's all it is but we weren't born with any belief. We weren't born with habits. We weren't born with fears. We weren't born with uh, a self image that's positive or negative, constructive or destructive. We developed that. And so I started getting fascinated with, okay, what are the things that really hold people back? Which is where you started this question. Yeah. And number one is fear. One of the 50 types of fears Number two is self image, self worth, self esteem. Number three is limiting beliefs. And number four is ignorance. <sighs>
0: I appreciate the word ignorance. I use that a lot. It's just a lack of knowledge. Nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. We, we're
1: all ignorant.
0: We can, right? we can change it. You know, I do want to ask you something real quick. You mentioned obviously, you know, causes and symptoms. And as we, you know, I talked about with you before we started of my work in functional medicine, looking at root causes, give everybody a quick, cause when we use the word brain, as you know, personal development, self-help, we talk about the mind, rewiring the mind, changing the mind. Give us a quick differentiator on brain, and mind for people to grasp onto?
1: Sure. So think of the brain. Obviously this is a plastic one for those of you that are watching. Um, You know, it's an organism. It's not even an organ. It's an organism that is actually growing and creating and and pruning. So think of your brain as a living organism. Think of the activity of your brain as your mind. So Mind is the activity of the brain. But think about this. When, when you know, somebody dies, okay, um, what happens to mind? There is no more activity in the brain past a certain amount of time past death. And even though they, you know, just revived the pig's brain a few days ago uh, in some of the research uh, to show that there is still some activity in the brain, over a period of time, the activity just is gone, and so, you know, when we have thoughts, when we think, when there's, there's 37 billion, billion um, uh, uh, chemical and electrical reactions in your body at any given second, right? That's all the activities that's generated in the brain. And so mind is activity of the brain. Brain is an organism. Okay.
0: Okay. I want to hit on, this is right out of the beginning of your book. You cited Jack Lelaine. Uh, yeah. which I, yeah, I appreciated because he scarred my life. At some point, I remember one of the big things about him is he said, I've never been sick a day in his life, you know, and he was old and had some big guns on him and everything. Every time I get a little sickness, I feel guilty because of Jacqueline. But anyways, you, you say in there, he, as he revolutionized the fitness industry or the, or the physical fitness and health industry by promoting and teaching exercise and nutrition, you're here to complete. I, I really appreciate that. Complete the fitness revolution with inner size to ultimately strengthen my. Mindset. So, again, if we're talking personal development, self-help industry that we're in, it uh, includes us and everyone listening, it seems apparent that we often miss that and go towards, and we talked about this a minute ago, more more info, more knowledge. So, we're voraciously consuming more podcasts, books, and events. Tell us what, again, just boil it down to what we're really missing because, of course, I hear you saying it's not knowledge it's in essence, and I'm going to paraphrase. It's it's doing something with that. And I feel like you're nailing. We listen to our podcast. We're doing this every single week, and we're often just not doing what we want to do.
1: Well, and again, so so if we if we start to compartmentalize, let let's think of our brain as an organism. But let's maybe give us a, a different visual. Let's think of your brain as a, an orchestra.
0: Beautiful. Okay.
1: So if we think of our brain as an orchestra. There's a, you know, a conductor, an orchestra leader. Um, that's known as our prefrontal cortex, right? That's the CEO, the executive director. And let's say your particular orchestra has, you know, a pianist and a saxophonist and a trombonist and a flautist. And let's say there's a variety of different instruments that your orchestra has. Well, each orchestra. Uh, musician or each musician plays a different role and when you get the musicians to play in harmony it's freaking magical right and the uh, conductor says okay a little bit more bass a little bit more trombone you know ease up a little bit on the piano let's get the flautist a little bit higher and the conductor's role is to get everybody working in harmony together Right. So what if we said there's a part of your brain that is brilliant at gathering information? And when you listen to a podcast, when you read a book, this part of your brain is like, holy, sh- I'm learning some great new stuff. I feel amazing. But the other player in this symphony says, you know, what? hold on. I'm busy doing my thing. You know, I've got this habit of practicing this way of doing this stuff because you spent 20, 30, 40, 50 years doing this So just because you've learned all this new information doesn't mean I'm going to disrupt my pattern here because of you. So this is where, you know, we have to start looking at how do we develop these new patterns that takes new information, new processes, new systems, new stuff that motivates us, that seems great. And how do we start to develop a new reinforced constructive pattern that overrides the old one so that my information gathering part of my brain and my motor cortex part of my brain want to work in synchronicity to actually behave in ways that are going to give me a different result? And this is what most schools miss. This is what most personal development misses. Uh, And this is what most people don't understand. They think because I'm reading more, listening to podcasts, I'm getting motivated. That's going to drive behavior. And it may for a day or a minute or an hour, but habits rule behavior. And, Not information.
0: And I, and I want to get there. I want to get there on the gorilla here. I, and thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. When we fast, we stop eating food and allow our body to repair. The research on the benefits and the reset is profound. The problem is we like food. We're addicted to food. Me too. Missing a meal or a day of eating is terrifying to a lot of people. So here is prolon. It's a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making the cells believe they're fasting. ProLon is not a diet. It's science based on Nobel Prize winning discoveries in medicine. ProLon provides a five-day program where you get snacks and soups and beverages all designed to keep your body in a fasting state. While taking away the difficulty and mindset of deprivation, I fasted for five days with nothing but water, and my physical and mental state was incredible. My struggle was just wanting to fulfill my habit of eating. It was significant. Prolon took that away. It's amazing. I feel like I'm cheating, but getting the benefits of fasting. So right now, Prolon is offering what drives you listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. So go to Prolon Life. Dot com slash kevin. That's P-R-O-L-O-N-Life.com slash Kevin for the special offer. My family's big on candlelight, nice smells, essential oils, but most air fresheners and candles release dangerous chemicals into the air and water-based essential oil diffusers can diffuse harmful contaminants in your water and into the air you breathe. Aroma True is the -the state-of-the-art waterless atomizing diffuser that transforms essential oils into a fine mist without the need for water, which means no more sticky messes and worries about mold or bacteria. Aroma True's innovative design efficiently disperses up to four oils at a time, allowing you to create your own custom fragrance blends with just a touch of a button. Aroma True also provides sustainably produced USDA certified organic or wildcrafted essential oil. So you're breathing in only the purest and highest quality fragrances. That's what I want in my house. So you can sign up for Aroma True's Insider Club. And today you'll receive a free waterless oil diffuser and a free lemon eucalyptus oil. That's over 200 bucks in savings. So go to AromaTrueOrganics.com Kevin to take advantage of this exclusive offer. That's A R. R O M A T R U O R G A N I C S dot com forward slash K E V I N. You can join Aroma Trues Insider Club and scent your home organically. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I do want to ask you again, kind of an elementary question when we're talking about, so we just talked about the brain, the mind, and we talk about mindset. How do we change our mindset? How do we strengthen our mindset is what you talk about. And I, in looking at the scope of that, I'm afraid that uh, we, me included, we often think of mindset, even in the Ziegler world, as, well, it's just thinking positive, right? It's just it's a little simplicity aspect of thinking positive. But I know the breadth of that is quite, uh, quite a bit more vast in the perspective that you're coming from. So to help us understand mindset when you're talking about strengthening
1: it. So I look at mindset. Um, as a combination uh, of our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, which are different, our attitude, uh, our perspective, our biases. We have, you know, uh, positive biases, negative biases, confirmation bias. We've got a variety of different biases. The totality of it creates our mindset. Uh, Carolyn Dweck, as you're probably aware, wrote a book on growth mindset or fixed mindset Um, And so there are people, for example, who have a dominantly negative mindset initially um, that are extremely successful because they are able to assess what's wrong with something millions of times faster than Mm -hmm. somebody who only sees positive. So you can have a negative mindset and be very, very successful as long as you can go from one to the other because both exist. So. When I look at mindset, you know, I take a look at you know what is the framework by which you show up and experience your world. So, do you see a problem uh, first, or do you see a solution first? Mm-hmm. Do you look at you know why something won't work first, and then you can go to what does work, or do you only see why something doesn't work? You know, do you have an attitude that? Whatever the problem is, it's bigger than you or do you have an attitude of regardless of the problem, I'm bigger than it. That's a framework, Mm -hmm. right, that you can learn how to develop. So the question I always ask is, is your mindset moving you towards your goals and dreams or keeping you away from them? And, you know, attitude is is great. But if you've got somebody who's got a great attitude – that has very little skill, you're gonna have a motivated person who keeps doing the wrong things over yeah. and over and over again. And so, mindset is also gonna be predicated by what is your skill set? Whenever we teach our clients, we focus on mindset, skill set, and action set, right? As a triad of you better have those three things together. You've got the mindset and the skill set, but you're not taking the right actions then it doesn't make a difference how hard you try to open up the safe. If you don't have the numbers in the right order.
0: Right. Right. I I appreciate you bringing up the problem aspect. We did a show. I did it with Tom Ziegler some months back. People will remember that where we talked about goals and so many people, the reality he went through a study where so many people don't resonate with the term goals and about 80% of the populace is more problem focused. Uh, And I, I real, I I see that when I go into the business, whatever's going good, I tend to take for granted. That's awesome. Let's maximize that. But what's not working that we can make better. And I like how you just gave that a different, in essence saying, do you feel like you have the power to change or not? Which we could say to a positive or negative perspective, or do we have the power or are we a victim? I think that will free a lot of people who realize, yeah, I'm problem focused, but that's not always a bad thing which is what I feel like you, know, you just I gave used, to us. I
1: had a business partner, you know, who had made, I mean, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars who when we first started working together, we mm. wanted to kill each other because he was always so negative. Hmm. And then I realized he's not negative. Um, think of it this way. There are some people when they um, see a fisherman, you know, fishing with a net, some people see the holes and some people see the net. Okay. And the truth is both are always there. And so he was brilliant at looking at what were the potential obstacles first. Okay. And, and that's okay. Um, When you look at the, you know, the law of polarity says, you know, you can't have an up without a down and inside without an outside, a good without a bad. You just can't have things um, in that, in our universe that don't have a polarity. And so um, being negative is okay as long as you recognize that that may be your initial frame and you need to switch over to the other side, even our brain, you know, we're talking about the brain before um, we talk about the left side of the brain. I call the Einstein part of the brain, yeah. but the right side of the brain is called Frankenstein, you know, in, in my book inner size. And here's what happens just from a brain perspective. So people understand it. Let's say I have a goal. Um, Whatever, whatever the goal is, whatever the objective that I want to achieve, you know, is uh, to achieve, let's say, uh, an extra $5,000 a month in income. Let's say you have the goal, um, you get excited about it, and, and you really want to do it. As soon as you do that. Another part of your brain called the right prefrontal cortex goes into the memory bank as part of an automated process for survival and safety to look into your memory bank. Is there anything in this memory bank from my 30, 40, 50, 60 years of being alive that is potentially dangerous or risky to my life, to my well being, to my families, to my company, to my body? And This is a check and balance system that happens in in billions of a second. And anything that's in your memory bank that is real or imagined as far as danger for your survival gets activated and is brought forth to your consciousness in the form of negativity or self-talk to make you aware, hey, um, if you do this and you fail, you might be embarrassed like you did in grade school when you stood up, you know, and answered a question, your friends laughed at you. That if it 's in the memory bank, it gets retrieved in nanoseconds only for your awareness, but it does so in the form of releasing neurochemicals electrical and neuro, electrical activity and neurochemicals like cortisol, epinephrine, and norepinephrine that feel uncomfortable to the untrained person, and when people have these feelings that they don 't like. They procrastinate, they walk away from it. They don't have any methods to how to deal with this um, energy that's flowing through their body body that we call a feeling, but it's triggered in the subconscious mind because of an old memory that is in your brain. And so we have positivity and negativity within us as a tool to use to move us forward or to retreat into safety. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. You said a lot there. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and, and and you have all along. And, and I want to speak to the audience here that I know a lot of you are going to hear a lot of things that John's spitting out here. you go, whoa, 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 more on that. Cause it feels like so much. Well, I know reading the book, it's tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And so one of the reasons that I have people on here with resources is so you can go get more of that. Obviously the book inner size, and you can find that at, uh, Amazon, but also my neuro gym is where you can actually participate. Uh, in with this. So I don't want anybody to miss that as well. Uh, and, and, and we'll, of course, uh, that'll be in the intro and the outro. I'll give you the resources and the places to go for all this. I just don't want anybody to be discouraged going, oh, I, I was as a tip of the iceberg. I know there's more. You're right. There is, there and, is more.
1: And, and here's the first thing, right? Is if this is making sense, see, I want to understand like what's really happening that's causing me to not take action, what's really happening that's causing me to feel uncertain or doubtful or afraid that's causing me to maybe not step into my greatness. That's really the... Uh, the, the fun part uh, and is we now have the answers, and
0: that's why we're here. And I, I'm wanting to get to. I mentioned it before. I'm, I'm wanting to get to the gorilla. You alluded to it. I do have one more thing I want you to hit on because it is so Ziegler-esque in essence. Zig is, is famous for saying uh, you can't perform in a manner that's inconsistent with how you see yourself. You in the book hit that head on with a more scientific uh, approach or terminology with coherence versus. Versus dissonance. So as we get into this gorilla that we're going to talk about to hit on that, because I think uh, you alluded you, you mentioned something a second ago too, that made me think I, I have always been amazed at how I can hear something on a blog or on a podcast. I can read something in a book. I can, I can get something over lunch with somebody and it is an aha moment, man. The light bulb is gigantic. It just went off and I get it. I get it. I resonate with it. I understand it. I just got convicted. And then a few days later it's gone. And I realized I, I have to go tackle that sucker and wrestle with it. Of course, that's what you talk about in the book. How do we do that? And you're talking about well. so tell us again about dissonance uh, so that we all understand why we do some of that. When I think, cause I think there's a lot of shame, honestly, out here for that. And you're saying, no, this is, this is normal, but it's we normal. have to deal I with mean, it.
1: You know, shame is blame turned inwards, uh-huh. right? So the way I describe it is, you know, when we, Feel ashamed or usually blaming ourselves for something something we did or didn't do, something we felt or didn't feel, but you know when we 're talking you know specifically about gathering information, um, our working memory only holds four to seven pieces of information at any given time it's not the power center you know it's it's like the early You know, uh, um, early motivating signal of do I like this? Don't I like this? Does it feel good? Does it not feel good? Does it taste good? Does it not taste good? Is this interesting? Is it not? Um, And I'm going to go back to we've never had a user's manual that is practical for our own brain, and that's what I wanted to do in the book Inner Size is is say you already own the most powerful. Organism, tool, biocomputer in the known universe, but you were never given the user's manual for
0: it. Yeah.
1: And um, I remember many years ago, somebody told me that you worked at Microsoft that uh, Microsoft Word has four thousand features in it, and the average person uses seven. Wow, that's beautiful. right. And so our brain is the most powerful processor in the known universe, and we basically use it, you know, for reading, writing, thinking, and you know, basic stuff, and it's it's capable of. I mean, incredible things, but when, when we get into, you know, behavior and results and we, we talked, you talk a little bit about um, self image when somebody has uh, you said something about, you know, I, I, I like to say you will never outperform your hidden self image. Great.
0: Great. Yeah.
1: Right. So if there's a hidden self image, is there also a different one? Okay. And the answer is, uh, yeah, there are there are two different types of beliefs. There's uh, two different types of self-images. So um, the word persona uh, means mask, right? So there's a mask that I want you to see right now, right? So I'm projecting my very best mask and you're projecting your very best mask. But behind that mask, okay, is all of my, hidden secrets. What do I really think about myself? What do I really feel I deserve? Do I think I'm smart enough, good enough, deserving enough? Uh, the hidden self image is the totality of all of your life's experiences wrapped up into the truth. Hmm. So imagine this, imagine, you know, a person, maybe, maybe you, maybe me says, you know what? I would really love to, um, live this amazing lifestyle where I could do great charity work. I can make enough money that's more than enough for myself and my family and for charities. I'd like to travel the world. I want to buy nice clothes. I want to, you know, have a, you know, some good things that I do with my life every single day. So let's say you have that as an image for yourself and you see yourself doing that. That's what you really would want. Well, that is using your deductive reasoning and imagination to choose what you want and to dream of what's possible. But if in the recesses of your subconscious mind, there's a little voice that says, but you're not good enough. You didn't go to college. Mm -hmm. You're not smart enough. Who do you think you are? You're not worthy enough for that. Mm -hmm. So even though you may have this image of what's possible and what you'd like and what you think you can achieve, if there is any disassociation in the brain, any chaos in the brain, that's called dissonance. Mm-hmm. And when we feel like we don't deserve the success that we state that we want, when we feel or when we have fears or limiting beliefs around it, these are subconscious patterns that run our lives. So the key in what I teach in the book Inner Size is how do you create coherence harmony like the orchestra we talked about earlier getting the band to play together imagine if you go to your you know your favorite um you know band and hear them play favorite musicians hear them play and a couple of them are just off that night it just doesn't sound really good there is no harmony there's dissonance between them Mm -hmm. and so the key is how do i get my my head my logic and my brain. How do I get my heart, the emotions and how do I get my gut and the instincts all aligned? So I've got brain, heart, gut, right? So logic, emotion, and instinct working in harmony, in coherence. That's when I'm in flow. That's when, Oh man, everything's working great. If any one of these uh, parts of our being is out of alignment, out of tune we're going to have dissonance and we're going to have chaos and a brain and a body in chaos will not perform at the best peak potential that it's capable of achieving.
0: Well, and, and, and here we are. I mean, it's interesting as you talk about that, John, because I think it got me thinking now I'm off track of my, my spiel here, uh, my notes. Yeah, we're going, we're going south. Cause I'm thinking there are some things that I do that, um, I, there's testimony that I'm good at. Okay. Yep. And I go ahead and I do those things, and testimony comes back that, yes, you did a good job. It's all there. Truth is, there's still not total belief in me. I do it anyway, so kudos for you know doing it anyway. Kind of like the thing. Do it scared. Do it fear. Okay, so I do it anyway. I still go for it. I don't let it stop me. But do I really believe? And the truth is, and I've been thinking about it, and as you've been talking there, I'm realizing – man, there are some things that I, I need to do the inner so that I really believe it and I can rest in it because there is dissonance, which if nothing else is causing me to do not as good of a job, or maybe it's just causing me anxiety that is undue. And I do that sometimes with these shows. I still, I have to have Michael Hyatt tell me I'm one of the top three interviewers he's ever had for me to go, gosh, I've got to embrace that because I always feel like a hack. And I think I'm not prepared enough. Uh, even though afterwards I think, man, I think that was really good. I need somebody else to tell me I, that belief. I wonder how Often, yeah, we still, even if we're doing that, performing at a high level, I'm sure you experience it. People who, they still don't believe it. Okay.
1: Yeah. There's, um, there's something known as the imposter syndrome.
0: Yes. I know that. I know that one, John. Thanks.
1: Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, who we start off to be, that is, uh, you know, um, uh, a a neural network that we have from, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago that developed our self-image, self-worth, self-esteem, our knowledge, our skills. Yeah. Um, That layer is still within us. And as we're moving to get better and better and better, there's always going to be that neural network that comes up that has some self-doubt that causes, you know, self-doubt is the precursor to fear. Hmm. Right. And as we're leveling up, whether it's, you know, becoming excellent at interviewing, speaking, selling uh, chess, uh, Rubik's cube, um, a little bit of that is okay, but too much of it um, causes the motor cortex to basically shut down. You don't take action. So having some healthy either self-competition you know, or somebody else to, to look towards. I was just writing you know, a, um, a, a little bit earlier, and I was talking about when I got into the personal development arena. I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, and I've used personal development to build my companies, Uh, And just got deep into the science of it. When I started getting into this, um, you know, I looked at Tony Robbins, and I was scared to compete in a space with somebody who is so freaking good at what he does.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Um, And that was my insecurity. Like I was comparing where I was as a, a newbie clumsy beginner with a guy who's mastered the game you know, at the, he's a, he's a hall of famer, Mm -hmm. right. And I was like getting into the kindergarten of the game. So I was comparing me to him, him as a hall of famer, me as a newbie and that triggered, you know, this emotion called fear. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand that, you know, all fear is um, based in the subconscious mind that triggers these feelings. And, you know, if you don't know what to do with them, then you are a victim of your own emotions and feelings. But when you learn how to innercise and recognize this sensation in our body called fear, and then you have some tools to here's what you do to deactivate the fear circuit in your brain so that you can get everything working um, to figure out how can I get better, um, then you're going to be a victim of emotions that you own and you have and they control you. And so I just got fascinated with why wasn't I taking more action? when I knew I wanted that prize, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's why I just got so deep into the science because I heard the same story from, at one point I had 1,500 salespeople in my company. So I built Remax of Indiana from scratch to 1,500 salespeople. I had um, 85 offices. We were doing $4.5 billion a year in sales. At one point, we got stuck at a really good place at about $1.2 billion, even though I knew there's a lot more growth. And when I interviewed my real estate agents, who I gave books to, cassettes back then to trainers, Zig Ziglar's, I mean, all of them we hired. Um, people really boil, it, it boiled down to self-esteem, limiting beliefs and fears that held people back. Hmm. It wasn't that they didn't know what to do from, you know, getting a listing and, and finding a home for people. They knew all the how to but something else was holding them back. And so that's when I started to think about, okay, what if I worked with my team of salespeople and what if I only focused you know, a group of them on, on self-image, self-esteem, uh, managing emotions uh, and limiting beliefs. Yeah. That you know, limiting belief that I, you know, I only deserve to earn $50,000 a year. What if we can change that to $100,000 a year? Well, over a six month period, Kevin, I took 75 agents and those 75 agents over the next 6 months generated an extra 100 million dollars in sales.
0: Wow.
1: 100 million. And so guess what I did for the next 3 years? I taught everything to all of my agents at the time. We went from 1.2 billion to 4.5 billion a year in sales. I didn't teach him anything else about listings or closing deals.
0: The only reason we're able to put out five shows a week on the What Drives You podcast is we created a workflow and we complete a process. If you run an e-commerce business that ships products, there's a state-of-the-art process you can use to save a ton of time and resources. ShipStation. They're the shipping solution that integrates wherever you sell online and streamlines your workflow so your business can grow. We ran a supplement business for a while. I had one of my kids go sign up for ShipStation and boom, it was done. They said it was really simple, which I found out when they went on a trip and I had to step in for a few days. The ShipStation dashboard is really easy to use and I realized how much of a discount they get up to 89% off UPS DHL express and USPS rates. So you can work less ship more with ShipStation. It's the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to shipstation.com. Use the code Kevin to sign up for a free 60 day trial. That's shipstation.com code Kevin. exclusive to podcast customers you will also receive a free 3 year warranty on any unit which is an additional 84 dollars value so to get the special deal go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. use promo code kevin that is uh that's irrefutable ultimately so, there i mean there you go i want to i want to ask you about uh, so on that you're talking Again, another, another question on the brain. I'm fishing on this one, John. I'm not sure I'm going to get what I want. You talk about how the brain runs everything in our body. It's the engine, the computer that monitors keeps everything running. If we were to take a hundred people randomly from the Ziegler audience right now, measure them physically, just the easy stuff, gender, age, height, weight, body fat percentage, skeletal muscle mass. uh, And then, and then further, we go into health measurements, carotid artery and telomere length and yada, yada. We would have a lot of variation. How about if we looked at their brains is from one person to the other, do we have somebody who's a genius here and somebody who like me, and it doesn't look quite the same, or are we pretty much working with the same makeup? Is that a fair question?
1: Yeah. So just like, um, you know, there's a variety of different body types. Yeah. Some skinny, some tall, some heavy, some lean, some muscular, some, uh, brains are brains. The functionality of, I'm going to say 99 and percent of brains are the same. Now, do we have uh, genetic predispositions that are different? Of course we do. But a genetic predisposition, you know, um, is governed much more by epigenetics. Right. And and activating those genes, than uh, um, you know, the propensity is going to bring out on its own. Right. And so. Do people's um, left prefrontal cortexes or parietal lobes or occipital lobe or motor cortex, for the most part, work the same? Absolutely. Are some people more skilled at math versus language skills? Absolutely. Are some people more uh, inclined to be athletic versus? Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely variances, but how their brain works is virtually the same. You know what?
0: Thank you. I was fishing and that's kind of what I was looking for, but I will ask on that. How important is IQ? Uh,
1: Very important. Remember I said the fourth obstacle that holds Mm -hmm. people back is ignorance, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? So if your IQ is low, uh, it's going to affect, you know, your ability for, for example, deductive reasoning, right? Do this or that, do I make this decision or that decision? But let's say you have a low IQ, um, but let's say you are off the spectrum in imagination. Let's say your artistic uh, skills are just off the chart, but your IQ is really low. So, you know, we've got, uh, as, as you're well aware, we've got IQ, EQ, yeah. Yeah. SQ. So what if your spiritual quotient is really high? Yeah. What if your happiness quotient is really high? What if your emotional quotient is really high? Um, so IQ, um, you, know, you can have people with really high IQs that are petrified of taking action. Yeah. They have somebody whose IQ is low that just will fricking go through, you know, through a, a steel, conc- steel and concrete door to get through it. So, so sometimes a high IQ could be your hindrance. And sometimes a high IQ could be your savior.
0: Okay. So Beautiful.
1: There's only permeation yeah. of, of possibilities. And, and if we want to tie it back to mindset again, yeah. right. If you believe because of you, there are people who believe because they are, they've got a high IQ, um, you know, they're handicapped. There are people who believe because they're nice looking, they're handicapped. And then there's people who you know, have the exact opposite. Oh. So what really is more important more than anything else is your mindset and learning how to work with what you've got and developing those skills.
0: Okay. All right. So now we're to the gorilla. Uh, that I was enamored with and I'll, I'll set it up here, folks, that, uh, you know, we're, we're all on our personal journey. We want to progress and you talk to us in the book. This is a main part. This is the meat of inner size folks, that there's a gorilla working against us. You state the amount of brain activity that we have that is conscious and working is about three to 5%. The rest of our brain is working underneath at the subconscious level and overrides so many of our Efforts led by six brain obstacles to success. And I'll read them off here. Number one, fear. Number two, limiting beliefs and stories. Number three, a negative mindset. Number four, excess stress. Number five, disempowering habits. And number six, lack of emotional control. Now, of course, we can't do justice. Get the book. Go check out the, the, uh, the resources that I talked about in the intro as far as getting involved in dealing with this. But those are gargantuan, the way you lead them, the way you discuss them, describe them in the book comes back to what I said before, where I am convicted about something. I get it. It resonates. I am ready to go. And yet why do I derail or just have a lack and I, I don't follow through? And you're saying, man, this is, it's, it's the brain. This is, this is the typical brain. This is how it works. But then, and maybe that's where we should, we should hit off on, but that's the point of your book. That's the point of your message is You can Train that gorilla.
1: You got it. Okay. So uh, I want, let's, let's uh, wipe the slate clean, you know, everybody. And and let me ask a couple of questions. I already know the answer. Um, And uh, we'll have a little bit of fun. Okay. Um, How many beliefs were you born with?
0: Born with, I guess, zero. Zero.
1: Zero? How many habits did you have when you were born? None. I mean, you know, what self image did you have of yourself when you were born? None yet. None. So there were certain automatic functions, okay, that we were born with, right? Uh, We're not born with any fear except the fear of loud noise, which I actually react to, and that's directly tied to our reptilian brain for loud sounds, uh, could be a predator that's going to come in and eat us or kill us. All right, So we have a genetic predisposition for that. You know, we have an autonomic nervous system that, you know, beats our heart and digests our food and uh, and does all the things that it does. But for the most part, um, our subconscious mind was developed through our imprinting years when we were born. Right. And we were watching and listening and interacting with our parents, teachers. Um, uh, siblings, etc., through our modeling years and through our experiential years, and so we learned what to believe. Right? Yeah. We developed habits in many cases by you know the people around us um, and what well, we were trained to 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 develop the habits. All of these functions, beliefs, habits, fears um, are part of our subconscious brain. That's taken you know, twenty. 30, 30, 50 years. So we developed these patterns. You, you didn't, you know, if you think about, uh, do you consciously have to figure out how to eat? Mm-hmm. No. Um, but you at one point in your life learned how to hold a spoon, learned how to open your mouth, learned how to take that spoon from, you know, your your mom or dad or caregiver into your own hand and move it into your mouth. And through, in many cases, thousands of repetition. Repetition, something that was conscious became a subconscious pattern that requires zero thought. Why? Well, our brain's responsible for a couple of things. One of which hierarchy of operating system, uh, safety first, mm-hmm. avoidance of pain second or discomfort. And right up there with oxygen is conservation of energy. Mm-hmm. So anything that we think, feel or do over and over and over again. Initially, our brain says, Okay, since you're repeating this pattern, let me make this automatic so there's no thought needed for this. And 96 to 98 percent of our lives is all of this automatic parts of our self. It's called automaticity, or the automatic self is just operating, going, 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 going. We analyze things you know, at lightning speeds that took thought before we make decisions without thinking based on pattern recognition, like an AI supercomputer. Um, We're doing that all the time. And so when we're talking about, you know, changing behavior, we now know that um, uh, a habit, for example, which I know you and I have discussed a little bit before, uh, in order to change a small habit takes between 66 to 365 days of repetition and immersion into that habit not 21 days as all of the old mm-hmm. personal development people used to talk about the university of london just concluded a study last year around this but when you think about it what is a habit what's a thought habit what's an emotional habit what's a you know a, a behavioral habit it's a reinforced pattern in the brain that operates without thought Hmm. it it just it just triggers goes and so you know when we think that we're going to read a book or go to a weekend seminar or listen to a podcast and we're going to change no we we've just sparked you know uh, sparked an idea we've sparked potentiality we've we we haven't changed probability we've Tapped into possibility. And a lot of people confuse the possibility Goodness. with making this my probability. And one of the things that I, you know, that I teach all of my students, if they want to be one of my students, they cannot be one of my students unless they agree to retraining their brain for 100 days. Wow. And people say, well, why 100 days? I said, well, because we know that it's at least 66. So we know it could be as much as a year. You give me 100 days of immersed repetition, doing it the right way, uh, I can help you achieve results you've only dreamed of. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that I, I share in the book, and it happens to be one of uh, you know, my greatest life stories, was when I was um, 19 years old, I was getting into a lot of trouble my brother had arranged for me to meet a very successful business guy, uh, Mr. Alan Brown. And after he asked me, what are all your goals for health and wealth and relationship and career and business and charity? I was like, what are you talking about? I just want to make enough money to go to the bar, have some food and, you know, meet some young ladies and hook up. He goes, no, 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 we need to think, you know, bigger and better than that. And so he gave me these sheets of paper to write my goals, mm-hmm. you know, for six months, one year, three years, five years, 25 years. And I finished them after about two hours. I gave it back to him and he read them all. He says, uh, these are great. Where'd you get these goals? I said, well, I love watching Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And he says, okay, well, I know how you can achieve every one of those goals. He says, but you have to answer a question first. And the answer to that question will determine whether I help you or not. Like, wow, okay. Um, here's this successful entrepreneur, family man, philanthropist, you know, so what's the question, Mr. Brown? And he says, are you interested in achieving those goals or are you committed? Yeah. And at 19 years old, I looked at him and I said, what's the difference? And he said to me, if you're interested, you'll do what's convenient and easy. You'll come up with stories and excuses why you can't and reasons why you won't. I said, but if you're committed, you'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. You'll upgrade your knowledge. You'll upgrade your skills. You'll change your habits. You'll show up every day and you will do the things that other people don't want to do long enough to make the successful things a habit versus something that you're interested in he says and habits take time to create i was like whoa i said this is kind of like when i played basketball i had to repeat you know free throws repeat layups repeat taking shots repeat you know all day in day out day in day out day in day out and he got me on a healthy daily regimen to upgrade my neural patterns and I've never stopped. You know, that, that's going back, you know, 39 years now. I, I do my inner sizes daily for anywhere between 10, 15 minutes to 30 minutes a day, no matter what. I don't care where I am in the world, what time it is, what different time zone it is. Um, I, I reinforce the neural patterns that I want to be able to dominate my life and my thinking and my emotions and my behavior.
0: You talked about windows that it can do 7,000 programs or whatever. And we usually, people used it for seven. When you first talked about in the book about our conscious mind making up about three to 5% of our brain activity and the rest over here, I actually wrote the question out, but as I got more into the book, I realized that it's not the right question. I thought, okay, so the point is to increase that. Conscious activity, right? I want to increase, I want to get it to 10%. I want to get it to whatever. And what I found, and I, well, I'll ask you that. Am I finding instead? But you're saying, no, we need to go that gorilla, the rest of it, and train that, train yeah. those. Train the
1: gorilla. Okay.
0: Train those it's, habits.
1: If, if you think about the conscious mind is to make decisions, yeah. the subconscious mind uh, that you want to get is to do the work without effort effort less conscious is effortful subconscious is with less to no effort like think about how much effort did you uh, did it take this morning for you to get dressed none choose what you want to wear put it on yeah. how much effort does it take for a baby or a toddler to put on clothes or to tie her shoes or his shoes a lot of effort have you ever seen a yeah. kid try to tie their shoes when they're first starting out yeah it, it takes an enormous amount of effort And so walking is the exact same thing. So once the subconscious is conditioned or trained, whichever you want to call it, or programmed, us adults, we actually have to go and reprogram. We have to deactivate the dominant default patterns and we have to deliberately, I call it deliberate conscious evolution. We have to deliberately create a new pattern. And so the question is, how do I do that? And the answer is well you can use technology and evidence based methodologies to accelerate it now you know versus what we knew before mm-hmm. and so um, if you think about you know uh, uh, you know our cell phones today I remember back in nineteen eighty I had like you know a
0: brick a brick yeah
1: or, or a cell phone like a three pound cell phone with yeah. a five pound case you know now we have more power on our iPhones or mobile phones than we had. To put a space, to put a, um, you know, send a rocket ship uh, and a shuttle up up to the moon in 1968 um, eight or nine, uh, whenever we did, we have more power in our cell phones today, and so today we know more about how to access the subconscious mind than we ever knew in the history of 110 billion people walking on planet Earth, um, but people are still dealing with old software. You know, you can access, you know, the um, the subconscious relatively easy if you know how to bypass that conscious brain that's always trying to figure out if something's dangerous around you and here kevin put your finger out right in front of you like this all right put over here on your chin yeah great where's your chin Uh uh-huh down there Your chin's there right so so i just bypassed your thinking brain got you to follow me and miss the chin that's just a you know a little you know not not even a magic trick but but just a little diversion trick to get somebody not to be thinking Um, so the key you know, for all of us to say, okay, what are the patterns that we have? Constructive ones. What are the destructive ones we have? What are the ones that empower us? What are the disempowering ones? And to have a healthy look at ourselves and go, listen, there's nothing wrong with me, but maybe just some of my conditioning mm-hmm. is just a little off. The wiring's a little bit off. It's time to upgrade. Let's just upgrade. Yeah. Right. And so, for whatever reason, your parents, teachers, uh, siblings, friends, everybody did the best they could, the best they knew how, the best they were you know, trained to, to uh, experience the world. No, not very few people were involved with you know somebody maliciously, you know, trying to screw them up. Everybody did what they had to do to protect you, to 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 give you their very, very best. But guess what? Uh, Just because you have a a 1960 or 70 or 80 computer doesn't mean you have to stick with it.
0: Well, and so uh, there, I love your terminology or your definition of habit, a reinforced pattern in the brain and where you're saying the point is, let's just go upgrade those reinforced patterns in the brain and folks. So here, right on there. So shameless promotion here. You're not going to hear that. I'm sure you heard a lot of aha moments, a lot of well, wait a minute. It's not going to happen. It's not going to stick. You he heard a hundred days there. Uh, the book, inner size, go to ignitemybrain.com. You can get it there. And then myneurogym.com. Those are his leading sources right there for you to go and figure this stuff out. I really do like the book. I mean, I am a book. I'm a tactile guy. I got it right here. It's in paper. It's all beat up already. It'll continue to get more. So I got to take it home. Cause I've been talking to my kids about it. And my wife, Uh, and it is intriguing though, even from it, I thought, okay, I need to read that, study it, but I need more, uh, which I wanted to go, you know, I'll go check out my neuro gym and what you've got going on there, man. I just appreciate your work. I really appreciate you taking this brain science and bringing it down to us, the Ziegler folks who know goals, hopes, dreams, desires, visions. And, uh, it, 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 to me, when I first got into it, I thought there's hope. This is hopeful. This is exciting. Uh, because I don't, I don't want to be in the same place. I don't want to redo my next year over again. I want to be in a new place. So John, I appreciate you. Thanks for being here with us and thanks for uh, doing what you do to bring this platform and this message to us.
1: Thank you so much, Kevin. Great, great podcast. Great show. Thank you, my friend.
0: So what do you think, friends? Are you ready to get your subconscious, the bulk of your brain activity, working for you? It will take some work, but this is truly the life-altering kind. I strongly encourage you, again, get John's new book, Inner Size: The New Science to Unlock Your Brain's Hidden Power, at Amazon. Then bring your receipt to IgniteMyBrain.com and submit that receipt. You'll get eight brain training audios. Coming up in show 680, we have our Q&A show, and here is the topic. Can you become someone different, and should you? I think this gets to the root of personal development and self-help. What does that even mean? I mean, no matter what I do, I'm still going to wake up the next day as Kevin, right? But will I act and do and behave and perform the same? If I increase or decrease my abilities, do I become someone different? In truth, yeah, really, as it alters how others and I experience myself, it's a difference of how others will label me and ultimately I'll label myself or see myself. You know, am I smart or dumb? Well, it depends on the topic and what I pursued education in, and I can increase or decrease that to, well, hard to decrease, but I can increase it. Am I strong or weak? I have the ability to alter that either way as well. Am I patient and tolerant or am I a jerk? Well, if I become more patient, do I become someone else? You've probably seen a movie or experienced in real life, someone who everyone knew and doesn't see for a decade. And when you see them next, they look totally different. They hold themselves differently. They're different really inside and out to a great degree. Of course, their DNA is the same. Uh, Their name is the same. Probably. They may have some of the same. characterisms, but goodness, they are really different to a great degree. They really have become someone different to others, to themselves. In show 675, I had a significant conversation with Rock Thomas, who has the Goalcast video with over 100 million views, the title is How to Change the Way You See Yourself. In that show, you'll hear that if you change the way you see yourself, you truly do become a different person on so many levels. So from this, I wanted to, of course, hear from you, the Ziegler listeners. I asked this question on Facebook. Do you honestly believe you can change how you see yourself and from that actually be someone different to a degree? And wow, I opened the floodgates. You're going to hear some harsh realities that people have overcome from pondering suicide to now loving life and having great success. Well, I had Rock join me to talk through the submissions, and it was flat out profound and inspiring. I think we could make our own cast video out of this content. So get ready for a ride. Till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.